This is a Woodside Church podcast. Good morning, everyone. Today I'm starting a two-week series which Martin and I are sharing. I'm preaching this week, Martin next week. And uh, I'm going to be preaching in person on one site, on the online service, and also on video on the second site. So I'm pleased to be also giving this message today to those of you in the congregation meeting in our Dover Crescent building this morning. I want to refer back to Martin's series entitled Reboot back in the spring. The idea of getting back to basics, rebooting a computer. And we're going to again title these two weeks Reboot. But today it's Reboot. God has a plan for you. When you think of God having a plan for your life, what do you think about? Now, if you're younger, maybe... You may be thinking, well, what does God want me to do to achieve? If you're single, well, does God want me to get married one day? And if so, to whom? What job should I do? Where should I live? It's great having our youth in the service today. And some of your big questions might be, what am I good at? What subject should I choose to study further for GCSE or for A-levels? Which college, apprenticeship or uni does God want me to apply for? You may have big dreams of success in music, sport, business, dance, drama. You may have big dreams about what you want to achieve for God. I hope you do. If you're older, maybe you think back on the whole of your life story and what is going to happen in the next chapter. All of these are legitimate, but today we're going right back to the very basics and foundation of everything else. What the Bible makes clear is God's plan for you, whatever stage of life you're in and wherever you are. A year ago, Jonathan Moore in our church wrote down some thoughts on when the church comes out of lockdown, which He sent to me and Martin and called it Rebooting the Church. And he used the illustration of rebooting a computer. And in his words, and he's an expert in these kinds of things, he gave a description of what it was to reboot a computer. He said, the metaphor that came to my mind was that of rebooting a computer. Computers are wonderful tools but they are complex and can get into states that are not what the makers intended or what the user needs. The Wi-Fi just stops working or Zoom cannot find the microphone for some inexplicable reason or a regularly used program just won't run anymore. The almost universal solution? Reboot it. Or turn it off and back on again when I know all about that. And when a computer reboots, it goes through a process of getting the fundamentals in place in the right order. It can't run a graphical interface until it can communicate with a mouse. And it can't communicate with a mouse until it can get the USB connections up and running and so forth. 
What if God is giving us the chance to reset things, reevaluate, and re-establish priorities and doesn't just want us to get back to normal? I'm really grateful for what Jonathan wrote at that time. Sometimes we need a reboot like a computer reboot or a check and make a possible adjustment to see if these essential aspects of your Christian life are in place. And we're going to look at three fundamental things where God's plan is clearly for each and every one of us. And the first of which is reboot your friendship with Jesus. Jesus had friends. For instance, he had his disciples, the twelve, and amongst those he had Peter and James and John, three, who went with him for some of those more private and intimate moments like the Transfiguration. And amongst those, we read of John being the disciple whom Jesus loved. People will often say a close friend is someone you really like, get on well with, who you're likely to have a lot in common with and who you're in close contact with and spend a lot of time together, or has been the case in the last 18 months if separated by time and distance, when you're back together, your friendship just picks up from where it left off. Catherine and I have had in our diaries a number of such times of getting back with family members and uh, with friends, uh, and each time we're looking forward to seeing them again. For some of you, your best friend lives under your same roof. It's one of your siblings, or it's your, one of your parents, or your spouse. Now, Jesus does not select one or two special friends. He says, you are all my friends. John 15, 14 to 15. This is how Jesus sees you. He says, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I've told you everything the father told me. Note here that Jesus says friends confide in each other. Jesus is inviting you this morning again to confide in him and to allow him to confide in you. Three more friends of Jesus, Mary, Martha and Lazarus, two sisters and a brother. And Jesus says of Mary that she chose the better thing. When he was in their home and Martha was busy in the kitchen, but Mary was sitting at his feet, asking questions and listening to Jesus. The onus is on us to cultivate that close friendship with him. And for most of us, we know how it's to do with spending time with him. It's our personal devotions. It's communicating with him a lot in prayer. Maybe you need to reboot one or two of those things. It's listening to him for us through the Bible, through others, through the promptings of the Holy Spirit. 
It's what Mary was doing and what Jesus commended her for. I know this is something that for a number in the church has actually got stronger during this pandemic. There have been no limits or restrictions on this one. But for others, this may not be the case. Or you may have started with good intentions, but over time, your motivation has fizzled out, especially as things have started to get really busy again. The Bible teaches us that friendship leads to fruitfulness. And again, in John 15, Jesus said in verses four to five, remain in me. Other versions abide in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And then in verse 16, the first part, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. Another thing Jesus says about friends is that they choose each other. And his attitude towards his friendship with you is this. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm with you always to the end of the age. I have chosen you. Can I encourage all of us to make our relationship with Jesus our highest priority? Spend time with him, fellowship with him. And if you need to, say sorry for any distance that has happened between you and him. Or if you've been taking him for granted, not prioritising your friendship and your relationship with him. Now, each of the three points that I'm going to be making in this message are linked with the three greatest commandments given in the Bible. And the first one, when it comes to rebooting your friendship with Jesus, can be equated with what Jesus said was the greatest commandment. He says it in Matthew 22 and verse 37. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. If there's any rebooting of your friendship with Jesus needed, I want to encourage you to do so. Secondly, reboot your focus on the kingdom of God. Yes, it's another F, friendship with Jesus, focus on the kingdom of God. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches us to pray, may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Matthew 6.10, which very much describes what the kingdom of God is. It's seen where the will of God is being done on earth. Matthew 6 33, later in that same chapter, he says, seek first the kingdom of God above all else. Now, there are many problems around us. It's easy to blame everyone else. 
the management at work or the leadership team or the local authority or the government or the teachers or your parents or biggest excuse of all, well, it's the COVID pandemic. But Jesus wants to use each and every one of us to make a difference, to bring his blessing, his peace, his wisdom, his joy, his love and his compassion, his kingdom into the situations around us in your neighbourhood, in your family, including your extended family, in your friendship group, in your school, in your uni, in your workplace, wherever you are, that you have a sphere of influence or you have interpersonal relationships with others. And the key to this happening where you are is making yourself available to him to use you in any way he wants for your glory like a living sacrifice, presenting yourself to God to use you. As many of you will know, a year ago, I was seriously ill with COVID. In fact, it was now 18 months ago. And while I was in hospital, in the hospital bay, it was the men in that particular bay, um, I uh, got to know two or three of the other patients who were there at the same time, also going through uh, serious illness with COVID. And I've kept in touch with one of those over the period since uh, we've come out of hospital. We exchanged phone numbers and just very recently, for the first time since being in hospital, we met up for breakfast just a week or two ago. And we talked about all kinds of things, I had a brilliant time and we're going to do it again. But he told me a story of what I was doing through one night in the ward bay that I didn't know until he told me a couple of weeks ago. He said to me, he said, one night you were battling against COVID. You were battling with it as if it was uh, like, like a demon. Now, this, this uh, particular person hasn't got particular church background and so forth, but that was the way that he put it. And he said it was really quite eerie, but also at the same time, it was comforting and reassuring. And I had no idea about that particular uh, time or moment or what was happening that particular night. But I can remember his comment to me the next day which we then talked about. I said, well, you said to me the next day that we're okay in this bay. And I said, well, why is that? And he said, well, because we've got a pastor looking after us. And I said, well, who's that? And he said, you. And that led to some good conversations. And that's where uh, the friendship that's uh, emerged uh, started. And I have to say the next day in the ward, the atmosphere changed, there was a peace in that bay that really I didn't sense was there before. I started to get better and so did my friend. One of the challenges of the COVID pandemic and lockdowns is that it's led to everybody having to protect themselves, keeping away from others, etc., not getting involved, uh, uh, not even going to work because you've been furloughed or homeworking. But now is the time to make ourselves freshly available to God to use us in any way he wants 
for his glory. And when we reboot our focus on the kingdom of God, we're wanting others to be impacted by the workings of God, by his presence, his blessing, his peace. We are playing our part in obeying the second and equally important commandment that Jesus says in Matthew 22, 38, love your neighbour as yourself. And when you're wanting the blessings of God's kingdom to come to others around you and are willing for God to bring those blessings through you, through your prayers, through your acts of kindness, through your steps of faith, your sacrificial love, then you are loving your neighbour as yourself. What aspect of the kingdom of God are you battling for at the moment? And then thirdly, and it's another F, reboot your fellowship in the local church. We read in Acts 2.42 of the Jerusalem church, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Now notice there it talks about all the believers devoted themselves, not just some of the believers. It was something they were all involved in. And when it talks about them being devoted, them, uh, devoting themselves to these things, literally it means they gave themselves up exclusively to these activities. All of the elements were there. Teaching of God's word, they devoted themselves to it. Fellowship, the word koinonia, which means deep, intimate friendship, fellowship, communion, eating together sharing the bread and wine together and praying together. Now Martin taught extensively from Ephesians 4 in his series in the spring and we get some brilliant descriptions of the church of which each local church including ours is an expression and how the church works. So in Ephesians 4 15 to 16 we read this, instead we will speak the truth in love growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow. So the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Paul is teaching that the church is like a body of which Jesus is the head. He makes us all fit together perfectly. Each of us has a special work to do within the local church. We are to be instrumental in helping everyone else grow in maturity, in helping the church to be healthy, to increase in size and be full of love. This illustrates why your rebooting of your fellowship in the local church is so important. Paul also in that same uh, book of Ephesians, chapter two, verses 19 to 23, says this about the church. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself 
as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. I love this. I love the fact that he says to us, you're no longer foreigners and strangers, but you're members of God's household. We are all members of God's household, his family. I love our church. I love the fact that we have people from so many ethnic and language groups. I love that we have people who originate from Zimbabwe and South Africa, both black and white, who worship together and love one another. I love the fact that we have people from the Caribbean and from North America. From mainland, we have someone from mainland China, another from Hong Kong, who are friends in Christ together. We have people whose family roots go back generations in the UK, worshipping and serving alongside others from France, Spain, the Netherlands, the Czech Republic and Italy, for example. I love the fact that we have people from the Indian subcontinent, India, Bangladesh and Sri Lanka speaking so many different languages. I love this. All worshipping Jesus together, loving and serving one another, learning to do mission together, all building our lives on Jesus Christ himself. I love the fact that when the Euros final was played, that although England lost the football match to Italy, I could text a friend in my Woodside community group congratulating him because his team won. I love the humour and banter between those who love to watch and follow cricket and all support different national teams. You see, we are no longer foreigners and strangers. We are members of God's household, his family. I could enthuse more and more about the privilege we have being a church made up of so many different age groups and generations. So many different backgrounds and life experiences. People with so many different educational levels, interests, skills and occupations. And my understanding of these verses in Ephesians 2 is that God has joined us together. We, the people, are God's building, his church, his family, and he has made us a dwelling for his presence, for the Holy Spirit of God. Now, the greatest challenge to us as a church in the COVID pandemic, with all the lockdowns and restrictions that we have gone through for so long, is that it has led to less contact and more isolation. And it's been easy in the end after such a long time to get used to it or to lose our confidence or simply for what we have been experienced to become a new normal or to simply lose our motivation and appetite for investing in fellowship in our own local church. For many of us, a reboot may be needed. Let's remember Another commandment, the new commandment that Jesus gave his 
followers in this respect when we think about rebooting our fellowship in the local church. John 13, 34 to 35, Jesus said this, Now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. For some of us, we may need to ask God to reboot our motivation to be obedient to this command and to learn again to lay down our lives for one another in love. So three things that may need a possible reboot in your life. You may need to reboot your friendship with Jesus, remembering the greatest commandment. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. You may need to reboot your focus on the kingdom of God, seeking first again the kingdom of God, remembering the second greatest commandment, love your neighbour as yourself, making yourself available to God for him to use you in any way he wants to be a blessing to others to see his kingdom extended. You may need to reboot your fellowship in the church. They devoted themselves to, a, to fellowship. Let's be like that church. Remembering the new commandment that Jesus gave his disciples. Love one another just as Jesus had loved us. Laying down his life, we should love one another. When you have a local church where each individual within it is living this way, enjoying personal friendship with Jesus, having a focus on the kingdom of God and being devoted to fellowship in the local church, then you have a very strong and healthy church that will experience great blessing from the Lord. God has a plan for you and at its very fundamental basis, it is what I have shared with you today. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you afresh. And along with the psalmist, we say, search me, O God. And Lord, help us to evaluate our own lives in the light of your word afresh again. Rekindle anything lost in our friendship with you. And may it grow deeper and deeper, more than ever before. Sharpen our focus on seeking first the kingdom of God and use us in any way for your glory to bring your blessing 
to the world, to the spheres of influence that you have put us in. And Father, we pray that you would reboot our devotion to fellowship within our church. Put a deep love in our hearts for one another. A love that serves. A love that cares. A love that makes sacrifices. A love that wants the best for one another. A love that is used by you to build your church. We give ourselves afresh to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.